Welcome to Broadway's Backbone with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble, the chorus of dancers, singers, and actors that are the foundation of every Broadway musical. These often unsung gypsies are the hardest working people on the boards and are, well, Broadway's Backbone. Welcome to episode 58. My special guest is Ben Campbell. All right, welcome Ben Cameron to Broadway's Backbone. How are you? I feel great. I'm happy to be here. Uh, At long I'm, last. I long feel like I've been wanting to be a part of the Backbone for a while. Well, thank you very so much. I was honored to be to become a vertebrate. Oh. Vertebrae. Vertebrae is good. Yes. Can we be that? Can all the can all the guests be one more vertebrae in the spine that is the backbone of Broadway? That's a good idea. That's be a really long backbone. It would be like for a for a brontosaurus maybe. Yeah. Oh, Broadway's brontosaurus backbone. There you go. I mean, this is years down the road. Yeah. No, this is like this is good. We're workshop. People love it. dinosaurs. They do. I'm gonna start off by reading your major credits. So you did the national tour of Sweet Charity. I did. You made your debut in Aida. I did not. You did not. What no. was your debut? I made my debut in Footloose. Footloose, that's not listed on IMDb. Oh, really? No. Well, they need to get it together. I, they need Gosh, to. Gosh darn it. Footloose. Who's running the show over there? Yeah. You I cut was loose in, the, in Footloose. I was in the original cast of Footloose in 1998. Whoa! And your body survived? I mean, that's, and my body survived. That was a hard choreography show. Oh, forget about it, yeah. Do you know what's crazy about that show, though? Um, I never danced a step for that audition. You I was didn't? 19 years old. And um, I had known AC through the dance competition circuit. And so when they had done all the workshops, pre-Broadway productions, AC brought in all of his dancer people. Well, none, they were all five foot two and none of them could sing. So AC, I just done a gig with his best friend and the director, Walter Robbie, said, you know, I need people who look like people who can sing. Yeah. And are varying heights. So he called me personally. I was subletting a place on 49th and 8th. And he called me at <laughs> home and I just about shit my pants. I was like, Ben, it's AC. I was like, oh, <laughs> Hi. And I went in, I just sang and read two scenes. I went away for two months, came back in for another two minutes and booked the job. That's Never amazing. Never danced a step. He just vouched for me. Well, I, I was obviously that crazy? right. That is crazy. Because I'll tell you what, I probably would have, if I had gone into the audition, I probably would have been one of the people that was carried out on a stretcher. I heard that people... People like, did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we're already there. How was making your Broadway debut in Footloose at 19? Uh, so I, I think I was 19 when I got the call. I was 20 when we did the show. Um, I, I was so overwhelmed and couldn't believe, you know, I was, I was very happy to live my life in New York City until I was 50, if that's how long it took to be in one Broadway show. That's all, that was it. That's all I ever wanted. I just wanted to be in a Broadway show someday. So that happened so fast, so I was over the moon, but I was a swing in the original cast, and I didn't even have the capacity to understand what that was. At that time, I was—I didn't like it at all. It was hard for me. Mm. If we're gonna be—if we're gonna—can we talk? We're gonna talk real. We're gonna talk real. Yeah, we're talking real. It was really difficult for me. The swing—it was me and Orfe, were the swings. Yeah, but it was hard. Like opening night was hard because I wasn't on, and I—and I'm not a particularly great note keeper, as a swing. And um, so I was in the company for two months, and the tour went out really fast. So I went dance captain of the tour and oh. was in the show. Oh, you, so you're in the show. Mm -hmm. Did you like being in the show and dance captain, or is that... I did. I did? loved that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other dance captain was, um, she was a swing, I think, so we were able to balance that out. Oh, okay. Of. But I loved that. That was, that was great. And then I came back into, I was in the closing company as well. I oh, came back right. in for the last five weeks or something. Oh, cool. Yeah. So where are you from, and how did you get started? I'm from, drum roll please, I'm from the great red state of Utah. Oh. I'm from Utah, from an upstanding Mormon family. 
from a place called Happy Valley, Ormuta, that consumes more Prozac and ice cream per capita than anywhere else in the country, and that's that, a fact. If that gives you any idea. Prozac yep. and ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. <laughs> that's why they're always smiling. Yes, that uh-huh. sounds like a South Park episode. That's that bit. It is a South Park episode. I'm sure they've done one. You know they love the Mormons. Yes, they so do. That's they're they're obsessed. Obviously. Obviously. Just look down the street. <laughs> Yeah, I grew up in Utah, and I started singing and dancing. Well, I started singing when I was a kid. I was like in a choir, and then I started doing community theater, and I was in community theater. I was in a show all the time till I was in high school. And then when I was 15, I started dancing. My brother went to a talent show at the elementary school, and he and his friend, this is the Vanilla, vanilla Ice days. Yes, I love Vanilla Ice. Oh, who doesn't? Yes. Delicious. Ice Ice, baby. <laughs> and... Um, and uh, he and his friend like made up their funky funk dance moves. That's what we used to call it, funk. Funk. Yeah, you would go take a funk dance class. Funk. The woman who owned a dance studio in town saw him and invited him to come take some classes at the local dance studio, and I tagged along. Just that's like out of course line. I can do I that. I know, totally, yeah. Yeah, I'm watching Brother Do, Vanilla Ice, ba, ba, ba. <laughs> I said, me. Yeah, so I started dancing. I just, that's, I knew once I was in like late junior high and high school, I knew exactly that this was what I wanted to do. So I was I dropped out of my first my last year of high school. I got the hell out of Dodge, yeah. Did you graduate or get a GED? I got, I got an adult diploma. I was working in a welding company during the day. You were a welder. I was not a welder, I was a secretary. Oh. But it sounds so flash dance, doesn't it? I'm a maniac. The point is I was working and, and saving money to, to get to New York. So what kind of training did you do then? In Utah? Yeah, not the I, welding. The... No, not the welding. The welding training was really intense. Um, and it's, it's very scary. Actually, I did weld. They make you take in, um, in junior high school, you have a choice between wood shop and metal shop, or cooking and home ec, or sewing and home ec, or are all those the same thing? Anyway, so basically it's like the boys would take wood shop, metal shop, and the girls, but you could, it was an elective, you got to pick. Oh. And I was two, I wanted desperately to take home ec and, and, oh, and, and cooking. That's all I wanted to do, I was scared of the, the metal shop, but I was too, I was more scared of not, of taking the girly class because it just didn't happen. Yeah. So I, I did actually hold a welder at one point. We're wildly off topic now. But did you have uh, dance schools besides funk? What else? Well, yeah, I, just, I started training with that company. Do you know Joey Dowling? No. She's a Broadway dancer, gal, works for New York City Dance Alliance, and she was on So You Think You Dance and all that. But it's her mother's studio. So they were, I just kind of lucked into this really amazing studio, this competition studio. So I was there all the time. So once I started dancing, it was, that's, that was it. So it happened when I was like 15, and I was in the studio every single day. And I mean, the competition world is a completely different world. I mean, I did it a little bit, but it was not the same world as what I see that it oh, is. Oh, forget it. Well, I'm still in the competition world. Oh, I, you are? Oh, yeah. I, was, I just got off a plane from Niagara Falls. I MC on stage New York dance competitions. Oh, I knew that you did stuff like that, but I never mm-hmm. knew. I thought it was all Broadway session stuff. It's... No, 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 no. Uh-uh. So that's every weekend, February through May. So we just had our last one. Niagara was our last one. Oh. And then we'll do nationals in Hilton Head, South Carolina. But so yeah, so that's, a, that's been kind of a running thing. And I, li- and I really like it. I really like doing it. And I think I do a good job at it because I know what it is to be one of those kids up there. Oh, absolutely. Yes. You know, absolutely. but it's crazy. We, did, we started Friday at noon. We did 42 hours of competition. I sat in a chair and announced numbers and did award ceremonies for 42 hours and two and a half days. Oh my God. So it's an MC, or is it your, are you judging as well, or? Um, I'm just MCing. Just I'm MCing. MCing. So I introduce the numbers, and then I, um, and then I do the award ceremonies, uh, which, is a, which is a fascinating 
three-headed monster you can't believe. A lot of crying? Uh, no crying, no, no, no. <laughs> I, if, there's, if there's any crying at all, it's because they've been sitting through an hour, an hour long award ceremony. Oh, okay. You know, because there's an award for everything. You have to like really break it down so everything gets sussed out, like the high point for this kind of dance, and the high point for that kind of dance, and the overhaul point, and this one for this level, and this is the advanced level, and it's a lot. But it's fun, it's super, super fun. You did that until you were 18 or 19, dancing and yeah. competing, and uh -huh. then moved to New York City? And I moved to New York City. Yeah, listen, if you, if you were raised in Orem, Utah, you'd move to New York City at 18, too. There gets to be a point where you realize, this is maybe not my people. Well, what did your family, your immediate family, were they like, yay for you, dancing? Or um, were they like, bye? I think we, it, was a, it was weird. I think a lot, a lot of aspiring performing artists probably faced difficulty with their family. My dad was less than supportive. He didn't understand it, and, and so that was hard. But I think, you know, it got to the point where I was just so dead set that my family was like, well, there's nothing we can do. I mean, yeah. they, wanted, they wanted me to go on a Mormon mission. Oh. You know, yeah, which I was not going to do. No, but with but with the gay and all that, right? But my brother went on a mission. Oh, he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my family's all still Mormon. They are, and have now that you've been very successful in making a name for yourself, have they come around or? Oh, they love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they get a, they get a huge kick out of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because Mormons are actually not actually that sounds terrible, but they're really nice people. They're incredibly nice people. They are very very nice to you. Yes, they're, they're very very nice to you. We just did um, at Broadway Sessions. We just did for the first time the graduating class and a bunch of alum uh, from BYU, which was a riot. Wow, it was an absolute riot. They yeah. were really talented, the kids, but it was fun because we got to do some old. We I made everybody sing old Mormon primary songs. And, oh, that's and so cool. Lots of insidery Mormon jokes yes. at a bar. So I worked at Pioneer Theater, yeah. and I was nervous. I was like, oh, the, the scary Mormons. And then I left there being... That, there's, that converted. Is, converted. There's a weird <laughs> stereotype. I get, there's a difference from the people and the religion. That, or I don't know what the difference is. Uh, the, people are, the people are just nice. It's, you know, I, I, at the risk of offending Mormons who are listening to the Broadway backbone, I think it's a very smile to your face, but no, but just be sad for you on the inside because, oh, they, know okay. because they know you're going to hell. Oh, all right. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, well, they're good. I didn't see that part of it. They were just... No, they're just nice. They're oh, good. They're just really, really nice. Oh, yeah. well, I like that. Yeah. I mean, they're not all nice when you're in high school and junior high. And well, I didn't have to grow up gay there, so... No, exactly. So that's why you're, you have such a twinkle in your eye. <laughs> so you have such a, have such a happy heart. <laughs> still, well, I'm still working through it. How long were you here when you landed Footloose? I moved, I moved here and I went to AMDA. Okay. I moved here to go to AMDA, so I had some structure. And I was there for two months, and I dropped out, and I because I had auditioned and I got I got a job. So my first job was I, I went out on the non-equity tour of the Who's Tommy. Oh. Like two months after I moved here, it was like at the very end of a contract, so it was only three months, three months in and out. And then um, from there, I went to Europe for about nine months and did Fame Das Musical for mm. Room Gibbons Zialis. Really fun show to do. Really awful show to have to watch. <laughs> what a nightmare. And it was like three hours long. Like, there's no point. Why, why oh. is this show three hours long? Yeah. It's fame. <laughs> Sing the song. Have Coco cry in the shower. <laughs> Let the black kid read. Let's get out of here. This is ridiculous. <laughs> three hours long, but it was really fun to do. And of course, we were in Europe too, so it was all really young people because it was a dance heavy show. But there was no union, so we were just awful. Oh. I mean, the things that we would do and that we thought were funny that we'd get away with on stage in front of foreign audiences was ridiculous. I came back from that and went on tour then with State Fair. Once again, another like three month contract, just the tail end. Um, and then it was during that that I booked the loose. Wow, so you were just, you made the right decision to move to New York when you did. Yeah, yeah. Bam, bam, bam. Apparently, yeah. yeah. 
I got lucky when I work with people who are moving to New York City and young people, and it's not normal, my situation. Right. You know, to get to work that was lucky in that sense. I'm also wildly talented. You are, no, (laughs) yes you are. But you know the other thing is I'm also really, really tall. I'm really tall, and I and I can dance like the Dickens for somebody my height. Right. And I think that's kind of that's a lot of it. Did you embrace being that tall, or were you like? Did you feel like you were um, gawky? I always wished I was shorter, but now I love it. You know. But I think as a as a kid, I wished that I was taller. I mean, shorter. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, not not to a debilitating degree. Right. That I that I care about it. I mean, it certainly worked out. Even with shows like Footloose, you know, and a lot of the shows that I have done are short people choreography shows. Yeah. And I, but I was, I can't, I'm not saying could do it now, but was the person who could do it as fast as the five foot two people. Yeah, and that's the person you end up watching. You know. Is it? Oftentimes when you, <laughs> like, I have a How really is tall he friend. doing that? Yes. Well, it I just know because as I'm, I'm like shorter. monsters should be able to get down and up that quickly. <laughs> well, it is, it's always impressive when, especially when you're a shorter person, uh-huh. when you see a tall person with those limbs and you're like, how do they get Yeah, about it. Not quite a monster. But you're tall. I'm tall. I'm monstrous. You're monstrous. I'm monstrous, yeah. So uh, when did Aida come into your life? So Aida happened after Footloose. The day after Footloose closed, I had auditioned and went down to do Tommy at Tuts. The woman who was directing that was Wayne Salento's assistant from the Tommy world. And so, and she was his uh, associate on Aida. So she loved me and brought me into the auditions. So it is, I always think it's interesting that people talk about not only talent, but connections. Oh, forget it. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's so much about that. It really, really is. And then, then some of that you can't control. You yeah. know, it's, it's time and place and dumb luck. But yeah, but she was great to me. Tracy Correa, Tracy, Tracy Langren Correa. I went away, did, did Tuts, and when I was down there with her, I think one night she got drunk at the pool and <laughs> she kind of spilled the beans. Because I had auditioned for Aida at that time as oh, well. Oh, okay, yes. I was was happening, and she was like, you're, you're, you're in. So I got to go in. I went into Aida nine months into the run, so I replaced the guy who went on tour. There were some magical performances in that uh, show. I love that show. I don't think that show gets its due. I think it's a really good show. Mm. Granted, there's a number where the guys hold sticks and sing about fathers and sons, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. But I saw it opening night in the very, which is crazy, I saw it opening night in the very last row of the, of the balcony with Mia Michaels. And I remember watching Heather Headley and being like, what is happening? I agree. This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I loved Aida. I loved my time at Aida. It was a moment for me that I kind of went, all right, I, do, do you know, do you ever have this feeling? It's that booking a Broadway show because we all put so much importance into the B word, right? The yeah. B word haunts us our entire lives. Yes, and, it does. And, and certainly if you haven't had the B word in your life, it's hard to get any sort of perspective until you've had it. Does that make sense? Yes. Within that, achieving the B word is one thing. You're like lightning in a bottle. Okay, I did that. That that can happen. The second one means more. And I mean, how many of you have? 19? How many probably shows have you been in? No. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know if it ever fades, but um, no, it, but it was it. a moment for but me. But you're right. The second one is for me the big that I went, one. Oh, okay. I am where I, this is my playing field, I think. I think so. Yes. So it was a really wonderful moment for me. And I was still really young. I was 22. And I was like, all right. I'm just gonna chill out. I'm gonna chill, and I'm gonna smell the roses, and I'm gonna go to the club every weekend in the in the early 2000s. Yes, the limelight. Yo, every oh, Sunday God. night. Yeah. Oh, Sunday night. Forget was the night about it. 
Oh, the kids don't know. <laughs> oh, if only the Backbone listeners could know what we did to our bodies at the limelight oh. in the early 2000s. Yes, and now it's a David Barton gym. Or and a pizzeria, which pe- seems really contradictory yeah. if you ask and me. One time it was an IHOP. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. just wrong. Yeah. I know. I can't, I can't even look at it. We used to call it the Dirty Church. Yes. Wow, we were there every weekend. So that was kind of that. It was just a really wonderful time in life that I loved my job. I loved doing a show. Then why did you leave it? I left it to Wicked. <laughs> like when you did <clears throat> Wicked in, was it Seattle or San Francisco? San Francisco. San Francisco. Did you know you were doing something uh, magical then? I can tell you. So a lot of people done readings and whatever, and I didn't know much about it. But when I, when I got the call, delighted, immediately read the book. And I was like, well, this, is, this, this shit is dark. Can I say that on the yeah, back Yeah, absolutely. This beef is dark. So I didn't know a lot really what to expect of it. But I do know when the first rehearsal, we, did, we sat around, we just, we just read at the table, and we did all of that before lunchtime. It was just a read-through of the show. And some people were able to sing, like Adina got up and sang a little bit of Defying Gravity, and Kristen sang some of the songs that they obviously knew. And I remember just as, as it kind of unfolded, and the, and the, the realizations and the, of the Tin Man, and the lion references, and uh, as we were going through the script, I was like, Oh my gosh, people are gonna eat this up with a spoon. Mm. And I remember I went to I went to lunch and I was so worked up having just experienced the table read that I called my mom and I said, I I just got myself into something really big. I knew it right then and there. Yeah. Just from the table read. Wow. Yeah. So we got to San Francisco and you know, the show was three and a half hours long. L- longer than fame, if you can imagine it's such a thing. <laughs> longer than fame the musical. But the lines were just around, around the block from the get-go. From the get-go, the response was outrageous. And what a, what a ride. To have had that be my swan, Broadway swan song is amazing for me. Oh, abs- yeah, you absolutely. Know, like it's, it's just never going to get better than that. No, it's not. It's not. And I, and I, and I know that. I've been around yeah. long enough that I know that that is a moment in time and that's a moment in history and I'm so honored to be part of it. I get so much mileage out of my one line on that cast album. I know, y'all, what first, is your one, what is your the, one line? How about, Glinda, is it true you are her friend? Which, I could, don't mind telling the Broadway backbone, is the worst line reading on any Broadway cast album that you will ever hear and I'm going to tell you why. I was so excited about recording the cast album that I decided to stay up all night long <gasps> drinking with my friends till about 6.30 in the morning before we started recording at 9. So I couldn't even see straight when I showed up. And the first thing that we did um, was Steven Schwartz said, all right, we're gonna take it from Ben's line. I didn't know my line was gonna be on the album. And I was like, I can't even speak right now. So it sounds like I'm reading it phonetically. It sounds like I just landed from North Korea. I'm like, you are he friend. <laughs> But pull that out of parties, isn't that fun? On my birthday last year, this is fun. My birthday last year, they had just announced the director of the Wicked film. Oh. That it was moving forward. And Lin-Manuel Miranda tweeted at that director. Is somebody coming in here? No, they're bouncing though. Oh, isn't that kind of spooky the way the doors are moving like yes, that? There's a ghost. If this is the last thing you ever hear from us, know that we had good lives. <laughs> They're coming! He tweeted to the director, hey, whatever the director's name is, can I be the guy that says, Glinda, is it true you were her friend? Of course, everybody started retweeting that towards me. And so I retweeted back to Lynn Manuel Miranda. I was like, well, that's the best birthday present ever, as the guy who does say that line. That's really cool. This is terrible. But I pulled out like at Broadway Con, it's the first thing I say when I go on stage. It's just a ridiculous. But it's, all, it's ridiculous and awesome. Bit. Yeah, it's great. A lot of people are like, oh, you want a cast album? Do you have any solos? Can, can I hear you? Oh, well, I know. Because well, that's all I ever wanted. Like, the, the, that was the thing, right? The cast album, from, from I was so obsessed with Broadway my entire, my entire youth. 
It's all I listened to. I didn't listen to a pop rock song until I started taking dance classes. Just my, sh just my show tune tapes and my double tape player. That's all I listened to. So that meant so much to me. I knew the names of the people. I, yeah. I mean, people that I have now come to, to, to know and befriend and are colleagues that, that don't know that I knew their names. Oh, sitting absolutely, in, Sitting yes. in Norham, Utah at 14 years old, sitting in the park with my friends, taking them through the score of Tommy and being like, and that's Donnie Kerr, and that's, what's her name, and that's Norm Lewis, he's going to be big. Um, and this Alice Ripley person is in a herb vibrato, it's crazy. Um, and I was right. You were right. I was right. It's important. That's the cool thing. I had, in San Francisco though, I had a vocal solo, and I lost it. Yeah, that was a hard day. That was hard because that's you know that's really what you want. I you know yeah. you don't think you know. But I had a line of the I remember the top of the second act. One day Stephen Schwartz was playing with and he wanted to move somebody's line to this, so they gave me another line and they had me do it. But I never bothered to know what that was musically, so yeah. I just didn't. I sang it and was bad, so took, it was gone in a flash. That was a hard day. That's so how was it opening that huge show? Becoming it's like and it's still running. It's still it's always in the top ten. It's crazy. Usually it's in like the top. Five. Five, yeah, it's insane. It's insane. It's insane. It's a It's a. It's a worldwide cultural phenomenon. Yeah, it is, and I, it, the, it was such a great ride. It yeah. was such a great ride. Yeah, every moment of it was great. You know, got to got to do the Tonys, and that's a dream come true. And and we got to do the Tonys the year that Hugh Jackman hosted, so we got to be the big oh, opening wow. number, the big opening number yes. as well as do, do our thing. And Wicked has given me more gifts than. Then I can count. I believe on my on my ten fingers and fourteen toes. Don't ask. Creepy. Wow. So you can answer this with just a yes or a no. So is all the drama that people talk about between Kristen and Adina real? No That's answer. Just a, Sorry, like I'm just my my head just keeps bobbing up and down. I'm having a <laughs> I'm having a tremor where my head goes up and down in an affirmative way. Um, yeah. Because yeah. it's all I, I, I sometimes I hear that there's weird backstage things and you never know sure. if yeah, they're yeah. true or not. Yeah, and then you see them on the Tonys and they're, you know, so gracious. And, yeah, or and like even Nathan Lane and B.B. Newart, they said they hate each other. Oh, really? Uh, in uh, Adam's Family. But well, then someone else said that that was just uh, Michael Riedel making stuff up because it's fun to do that stuff. I, haven't we learned at this point that as, as kind of mean-spirited as it can be that Michael Riedel is usually right. The information is usually pretty sound. Yeah. People blame him for taboo closing. closing. Yeah. Well, he was just exposing kind of probably what was going on, going down, and they wanted it behind closed doors. Yeah. You know, and they, and they you know, Taboo was wonderful. I loved Taboo. I didn't see it. That was absolutely great. Yeah, it was actually in one of your, I believe it was in one of your Broadway sessions that someone sang a song from Taboo, and I was like, that's beautiful. Oh, Petrified, yeah. And I was like, what is this from? It's gorgeous. So we're going to... Transfer to this. Next. I know. I'm sorry. I can just talk for hours. Oh no, no, no. That's okay. No, but since we we're transferring, you're in this huge Broadway show. Huge Broadway show. And you decide to leave it. I decided to leave it. Yeah, I decided to leave. I was in Wicked for three and a half years, and three and a half years is a long time to be in anything. Yeah. Unless you are decidedly of the mindset that that's where you will be, and that that you have the mindset of like this is my job, and this is my life, and this is what I do. It was a long time for me, and, and, and I started to get a little bit antsy. And I know people don't like to hear that, because we should all be so grateful for our jobs, and I always, always was. But, but that's eight shows a week. That's eight of, shows a week. It's and hard. It's, and, you know, on a rake. This kind of life that I was living, of like, let's just stop and smell the roses. When I got Aida, which then when I went right into Wicked, had kind of run its course as far as like, well, all right, this is what I do. And... Um, so I, yeah, so I had to go. So I left to go on the charity tour. 
which was great. And that was the same team. It was the Wayne Salento team. Right. So I basically got to do that without auditioning, and that was great. And it was really a wonderful moment because I, I got to do the featured roles in that and understudy Oscar and play that role. And that was kind of a really wonderful reawakening for me as a, just as an artist. Not just a person who does a show. Yeah. Not just a person who knows that he stands on eight and sings a C sharp. Having some responsibility within the show was great. And when and new work, just new work was really great and refreshing. And we had the best group. I know you just had Adam Perry on. Um, yes. But we were just, we had the most amazing group of boys out there. And we were all just so madly in love with each other. Oh. And Colin Conliffe and Adam and Kevin Quillen. And just a really, we had, a, it was a wonderful experience. Oh, that's so great. And I came back from the charity tour and I was feeling kind of jazzed. I was like, hey, I'm going to go out there and be an actor now on the Broadway stage. I'll do that. That'll be great. I came back to the audition rooms and I went to one or two auditions and my head was on the game. Truly, like I, I found myself. This is the cold hard truth, Broadway Backbone. Are you can handle it. Um, I came back and I found myself being the guy standing in the back of the room rolling his eyes. And wow. going, why do I have to be here? And like, oh my gosh, and people are pushing and like fighting for, and I, oh, I, hadn't, I hadn't auditioned for anything in 10 years. Not really. Yeah. I just kind of bounced around. I went to one audition while I was in Aida, and that was for Wicked. <laughs> you know? So I just, I was like, all right, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm El Kaputsky here. El Kaputsky, that's the, the French. Um, <laughs> for Kaput. <laughs> No, it would be Russian. No, it would be Spanish. Anyway, yeah, so that's kind of when I had to, I took a moment to kind of reconfigure and, and say, what, what is this, what's this life number two going to be? And how did you come up? Because you've really reinvented yourself to something that's pretty awesome. Thanks. But how was that transition? I mean, it, one thing that you host a show called Broadway Sessions. I do host a show called Broadway Sessions every Thursday night at the Laurie Beachman Theater. Doors open at 10, show at 11 o'clock. $10 at the door includes a donation to Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. And if you're in New York City and you're listening to the, if anytime you're in New York City, Thursday nights, it's the only place to be. Come see us, please. We and love it's you. a great show, and every it's week it's a different group of Broadway performers, mm -hmm. and you host it and you sing, and it's, it's really a great, <laughs> great thing. It's a great thing. How did you go from uh, I'm Kaputsky to, <laughs> to I'm, I'm going to create this whole new show that on my own? Um, it's okay. It's kind. It kind of went like this, Brad. <laughs> this is how it happened. I got so I kind of realized that I was done with the auditioning, and I, could, so I was kind of in this weird place that all of us artists go through, and yes. especially as we age. Yes. You know? Yes. I was now thirty, and I was like, okay, now what do I, what am I doing if I'm not going to audition? Which it seems like I'm not going to. What am I going to do? So I cashed up my four hundred one k, and thought about it for a year. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I cashed out that 401k right before 2008, so... Oh, so you were smart. Yeah. Very smart. Didn't do it because I was smart, I just didn't have any money. That's between you and me, Broadway backbone. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, okay, it's time to get creative, and like, I need a creative outlet. I need, I need something to do. And it's as simple as this. I, I, was, I was talking to a friend one day, I was like, who, who am I? So if I'm going to find out what, a, what Two, my... Two, four, six, six oh, one! <laughs> I was a little flat, but it's just because <laughs> I sing flat. It's because of lack of vocal technique. I don't know why I keep leading in like it's gonna make a difference. <laughs> we have mics I'm now. a microphone, but I feel like if I get closer to the red thing, that it's gonna make, it's it's gonna have more impact. I like it. Yeah. Two of all six. Oh my gosh! Listen, for the amount of times I listened to Les Mis and the poor people who had to sit through me explaining the plot, which I don't think I had right, frankly. Really? When I was a kid. Oh, I was obsessed, obsessed. I had it on vinyl. I oh, I envy you. Yes. I had a whole plan as a kid. This is no joke. 
that my plan for my life was that I would, I would audition for Les Mis, and I would be Gavroche, oh. and I would remain, that's how young we're talking. Yeah, yeah I, rema- I would remain in the show as Gavroche until I was old enough to be Enjolras. Oh. And that, right, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, it's a, of course. Sure, one to the other. And then I would play Enjolras until I was old enough to play Javert. And then I would play Javert until I died. So you died, you weren't gonna play the old man? I mean, I would probably have taken it, yeah. I used to stand on the diving board at the local pool and sing the entirety in Orem, Utah, the entirety of Javert's Suicide. And then, jump, Mis, the and then jump on the <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then jump into, <laughs> jump into the water. That is, I love it. I can go on, splash. Your parents just rolling yeah, their Yeah, oh, I couldn't find my brother. Where did he go? I can't, where's my, has anyone seen my brother? <laughs> He's at the snack bar now. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't dream of going to a snack bar in a pool now. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Who wants nachos when you're in a swimming suit? Grow up! I know, yeah. exactly. Oh. <laughs> I just want to, I just, I'm told to look at ice when I'm in a swimming suit. That's it. Like, look at ice. <laughs> Take it in osmos, osmosically, osmosically. <laughs> Deeply off topic. What are we talking about? You were talking about, <laughs> you were figuring out at 30 years old who you were. Oh, that's great. Yep, yep. And I was talking to a friend. And I was like, well, you know, what are the things, if I'm going to be creative, what are the things that are innately me? I said, okay, I know that... I like to hang out in bars, and I know that I'm a pretty popular guy from spending 10 years on Broadway hanging out at the local Broadway dives. You but, like the mayor? Uh-huh. I, was a, I was a popular kid. Yeah. I'm, I'm Jerry McIntyre's the mayor, yeah. but... Um, Angie Shore's up there. She was Well, they there. are. Yeah, they yeah. totally are, She's yeah. kind of retired from being mayor now that... Well, we all have to grow up at some point. <laughs> Except Jerry. Jerry's still holding the fort down. He is. <laughs> Jerry's still holding the fort down. I don't know how he does it. He's got more energy than the rest of us. But I was a prom king, maybe. Okay, um, that's good. But I was a man about town, and I just I was out every single night. So if you sit at the bar long enough, everyone's going to come by. Yes. You know. So I liked hanging out in bars, and I knew that I had a lot of really talented friends. And with those two things, I walked from my apartment to a tiny little gay bar on 109th in Amsterdam called Sweet. And I asked if I could speak to the manager. And they, I set up a meeting with him, and I said, I have this idea that I'd like to do here. I know you have drag queens, and they have a stage... Rat, the stage there, it's still there, the bar's still there. The stage is this big. Oh man, okay, I'll give it this table. It's that, you know, it's tiny. It's for like yeah. some tiny drag performances. I was like, this is what I would like to do. I'd like to do this thing, and it'll be like a musical variety show. And basically, I'll just invite my friends to come and sing, and we'll make a little show of it. Kind of this also stems from, I should mention probably Backbone. When I was doing Wicked and I was feeling pretty lost about what I wanted to be, is when I did my first cabaret act, which, oh, kind, okay. of, which kind of opened up some ideas mm. too. The entire cabaret act was about not having goals. And then about my upbringing and whatever. It's called Different is Good, it's a hit. So that kind of ties into why I, I was drawn to this because I had a really good experience with that. Yeah. So he said, okay, yeah, we'll try it out. I don't care. So, so I did, we called it The Bendy Show because people call me Bendy. My first guests were Titus Burgess and Katie Thompson. Wow. <laughs> were my first guests at this tiny little dive bar on, on the upper, upper, upper west side. And we did, we did one. And then we waited a few weeks, another. We like didn't have a set, a set schedule. But we were doing them and, and they were fun and I didn't, I was just kind of throwing shit at the wall. I mean, I was just playing with whatever. Making them do games and silly things and, but enjoying it, it wasn't kind of really happening in a way that was substantial enough to make an impact on my life as far as doing it as a job. And then I guess somebody talked to somebody at Therapy, the bar on 52nd Street. Oh, yes. And they started talking to a manager and the manager was like, yeah, we're looking for a new entertainment. They said, Ben Cameron's doing the show uptown. You need to you need to meet with them. So I went and I had a meeting at Therapy and Broadway Sessions was born. And so we did Broadway Sessions as a bar show on Tuesday nights for two and a half years. For two and a half years at Therapy. At Therapy, mm-hmm. And after two and a half years, 
they pulled the plug and I wasn't done. I wasn't done with it. And I thought that I had created something special and I thought that we could go further with it. And it had been, it had done really well, well at therapy. Yeah. So I refused, I gathered a team of people and I said, let's find a venue and we did. We found that, do you remember the Hawk Comedy Club that used to be on 46th Street? Oh, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. It's a huge, crazy, dank, dungeony basement. Yes. Total mob front. My friend Donnie Kerr had connections there. So we got this huge space, had, had the famous Broadway session sign made. We, and we started, we added open mic and turned it into a thing. Fully self-produced, just on our own. At one point, that they were gonna, because they've demolished all of that whole block on 46th Street. I knew that the place was closing and I had, I had done some sub-hosting of um, the after party, which was an open mic night that was at the Lord Beachman for years. And I had sub-hosted that a couple times. I loved the Beachman. Yeah. So I, when that happened, I was like, well, let's just take this to the next level, shall we? Yes. And I went to Kenny Bell at the Beachman and nine, nine years. Nine years. On <clears throat> June 15th will be nine years that I've been doing the show. On a weekly basis, it's fantastic, and people love it's it. You get institution, yeah. Isn't that pe- crazy? It's re- it's, but it's, it's it's deservedly so. I mean, it's fun. I mean, every I mean, some of the people that you get to do it. That's actually one of my questions too. Mm. Is it's such a success? How do you go about getting your guests? Because sometimes I I hate asking over and over. Hey, will you do this podcast? How are you good at just getting people to commit? This is really funny because I because I I looked at the questions on my way out the door today on my way to therapy. And I talked to him about this, that you said you were gonna ask this question. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not sure how I'm gonna respond to this. The logistics of that, on that end, are a nightmare. Yes. I'm not gonna lie to you, it's, it's a nightmare. It is, it's time consuming, and it sucks to ask people to do things for free, you know? It sucks less so now that I'm, I think, fairly established. Right. People know who I am, they know that they can trust that if I'm bringing them in to do something, A, that they're gonna feel special, that they're gonna have a good time, and that it's gonna be worth their time and effort, and they'll be very glad they did it. Yes. I've done thousands? Thousands of shows. Of shows that I've, that I've needed to book people for. So it is an ongoing, Broadway sessions itself could be a full 40 hour week job. And I don't think, I don't think that people get that. But you know, we, we operated on, we tried to operate on such a high level, you know, there's promotion, but we also have the YouTube channel, which has 5 million views and 10,000 subscribers. And people come in, people come in now, and like we have groups from Amsterdam and Japan who walk in and they've been watching the videos for years now. Yeah. Which is cool, I love that. I think that's so cool. And they, so cool. Yeah, but just the logistics of setting up rehearsals, doing promotion, having the posters made, doing the press releases. And that's so that's, not the part of the, sh- the process That's not what I want to do at all. Yeah. That's not, I don't want to do any of that at all. Yeah. I do it because I love, I love the experience of Broadway sessions yeah. so much. And I've gotten some help now and I have my social media guy and my videographer and I have an assistant and you know, we're still growing. Yeah. Nine years later, we're growing a lot, actually. And it's, it's a special thing. It's, 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 a, it's a moment where like-minded people, it's, 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 you know, it's, the, it's, the, it's the cast party thing. It's, you know, when you have your cast party after the high school musical. Yes. And you would go, and they did that skit on SNL about it, where we just like geek out about theater, but we get to do it in a bar with the best singers in the world. Yep. Are two feet away from you. And they're having a great time. And they're having a ball. And they're and usually singing a song they don't normally get normally to sing. sing. And that's the beautiful thing. And one of the things that, that has kind of organically come out of Broadway sessions that I love is I hear it every time we have a cast. They, I get messages back the next day saying, we are, hey, we can't stop talking about it, but we have such a heightened appreciation for each other after seeing each other do that. 
because there's no there's no guidelines on what you do. Right. We simply say sing what you love. This is your chance to sing what you love. It, does, it doesn't matter if it's your type. It doesn't matter if it's this. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if you're flat. If you know it. If you don't know it, sing what you love. And then you get to really see who these people are when they're not playing roles. Yeah. Or away from the pressure of making a video for an audition or or even feeling like they have to be really good because they're at 54 below or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a hang and it's a beautiful, I, you know, we, we kind of are the heartbeat of the Broadway community to, yeah. a, to a degree. And it's my favorite thing I've ever done. I love it. I can't believe it's still happening. Also, not only do you bring good guests, you're riveting as a performer. Oh. You, I mean, you just have good stage presence. Thank and you. That's why when you said you uh, also MC the, the dance competitions, you just have, you can, not a lot of people can be an MC or be a host. You know, I said to somebody um, a bunch of years ago when I was trying to figure out life number two that we're on right now, this is gonna come out kind of weird, but once I started doing this, this hosting stuff and, and creating these environments for people to, to do this and do my brand of Broadway fun, I loved it and I said, you know what I wanna be when I grow up? I wanna be me. If I become a success and if I become any sort of famous, I wanna be famous for being me. No, that's a good thing. Um, it's a great thing, yeah. you know, and I, and it's so fulfilling. It's so fulfilling. It's hard as fuck because it's a one-man band operation. Yes. And, and, you know, like we were saying, the logistics of it all. Can I tell you what, what's just in the, like, getting people booked for things? Yes. Let me tell you what I'm working on right now. Okay. I am, I am uh, doing bookings for the next three episodes of my web series, Dance Captain Dance Attack on Broadway World. <laughs> and plug that. But say it slower this time so that people can watch oh. it. Dance Captain Dance Attack. I go into a studio with uh, Broadway Dance Captains and they teach me short combos from the show. And it's all very silly and very on brand. And then we encourage the viewers to film themselves doing the choreography as I well. I love that. It's super fun. We have six episodes out and we're shooting a new batch next week, but people are dropping out and we're waiting on the, on the marketing people to like give us the A or an A. And so I'm booking that. I'm booking the entire season of Fire Island. I'm booking, I need to book my anniversary birthday concert. I'm booking super cool, very big top secret project that I, We'll talk about maybe. Yes. And Broadway sessions, and there's something else. But I have all of these things in the air right now that I'm like, my entire life is correspondence with about 100 people at all times. That's, I mean, it's just a lot more work. And I mean, you just think it's, oh, he does a, an hour little cute show oh. on stage, and that's all it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of work to yeah. produce that. Yeah, and that's, that's, what's, that's what I'm learning, like just doing this, of just the, the amount of time it does to the logistics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that's crazy. Yeah, super so crazy. that alone. Well, I guess when it, you have something that's a passion project, there's a lot of passion that you have to go into that's not always going to be monetary. For sure, yeah. I mean, I, I certainly could not have paid my bills on Broadway sessions alone over the last nine years. There's no way. Yeah. It's, just not, it's just not a thing. Yeah, you do a lot of them. I don't make a lot of money doing the web series. Yeah. You know? But are, are you happier than, say, when you're third year dancing in Wicked? I am. I am. Because everything I do is mine. Yes. And if it's not exactly mine, it's very much about my energy and my brand and personality being a part of it. So I feel super connected. Mm. I feel super connected to the Broadway community in a way that I never felt when I was singing and dancing in Broadway shows. You know, I love everything I do and I, and I, and I do things and I create things that I believe will make people feel good about themselves and good about being part of the Broadway community. And that's really what I... I feel like I've gotten back in touch with the 14-year-old kid listening to the Tommy CD and singing on the high dive, you know? Yes, I do. I, really, I, I feel like I've allowed myself to be who I truly am, which is take off the cool facades of any sorts, not that I was ever cool, but, and 
just be what I am, which is a fucking theater geek. Yes. I'm a theater geek. I'm lucky enough that I'm that I that I've done it and I'm doing it. But I love being able to. I feel like we're making a lot of people happy and feel connected. Yeah. To it, and I like that a lot. No, I do too. For for some reason, I associate you with our dear friend Greg Ruder. I love that. And I'm not exactly sure where that even came from. That I makes know perfect sense to me. He he arranged for the the Spamalot reunion Union. cast yeah. uh-huh. uh, to do Broadway sessions. Yeah. For some reason, whenever I see you, and it's a good reason, I think of him, and I just I would love to interview him on this podcast because he would be making fun of me the whole time. <laughs> and it's just amazing that in this business we meet amazing people, and then some of them unfortunately die, some of them move away. And I just like that when I see you, it reminds me of mm. of him. I love that because he was a he was a he was a good man. He was a great man. I I still feel very hurt about that some um, quite often. It was that was that's insane. But I take that as a very high compliment. Oh, good. The association. Yeah, yeah. I I thought I looked up to Greg, and I thought Greg was way cooler than I was. Oh, he was really cool. Greg was super cool, and then Greg was I think too. Greg was a doer. Mm-hmm. Greg always had a, an idea and a thing and was writing something and doing something crazy and I respected that in Greg but before I was a doer. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he was writing his shows with John Tataglia yeah. and then he was doing this and uh-huh. then, then he was going to be a teacher and I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it was really cool. Was he with the AIDA? Is that how we, you guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. We used to call him the Scandinavian. Greg was just cool because when Broadway sessions really kind of got going, he just was really interested by it. Okay. He just, he just, he just, he liked it. He, he was kind of just all about what we were doing. And so he was there and hosted for me on a few occasions when I wasn't able to be there. And God damn it, Greg. Sheesh. I know. <sighs> so I think That's... I've seen your face on TV. Have you been doing PBS? Maybe you have. Yes. Yeah, is that fun? Yes, it's really fun. How did that come about? <laughs> so when I kind of decided to do all of this, whatever it is I'm doing now, I don't know what the right word for it is, but the but the hosting and the personality stuff and whatever it is. So well, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to if I if I am so narcissistic that I think that just being me is enough to entertain people, then I got to I got to do the work too on this. I went and took a bunch of classes and I and I had a real maid and uh, for TV hosting, and then my managers got a call for an audition for a Downton Abbey marathon on PBS. And so I sat and I watched five seasons of Downton Abbey, which I had never seen, in two days. Oh my God. Downton Abbey is a great show. It is, but. Downton Abbey doesn't move very quickly. No. <laughs> Downton Abbey could pass the potential to bring you into a really cozy nap. Yes. It does. So when you're trying to watch that many seasons back to back to prepare for this audition, because they say you should watch it, you, I just kept falling asleep and having to start it all over again, and my mind was crazed, and I thought that I was in Downton Abbey, and I didn't know if I lived upstairs or downstairs. <laughs> um, so I went into the audition, and it was right there. That, that's where they are. They're in that guy in the world building. Oh, okay. That's where they live. I went in, and it was just kind of a perfect little moment because they their idea for this marathon was that they were going to have a bunch of fans and so they wanted somebody who would keep the ball moving but also would interact with the fans oh okay well yeah that's, that's, what my, you... that's my jam yeah so yeah we went in there like the teleprompter was broken so I had to read it off the thing and I did it with the people but I walked out and I called my manager and I was like I might get that nice they made me do like impressions of the characters so I got it I get just from an audition I got it Valerie Cherish <laughs> I got it oh, that sounds like a crazy person so anyway, I got that. I was thrilled because I made a goal as, as this, whatever this life is that I uh, progresses, I made a goal that I wanted to be on TV and I got it. 
So we went and did that. We recorded it all in a day, but it was on for four days around New Year's. We did like a New Year's countdown the whole night. Oh, nine. wow. And since then, they just keep calling me. They just keep calling me back. So then I did the Pole Dark Marathon. I did the interstitials for the Norman Lear documentary, News Hour Weekend, and the Hamilton documentary. And that made them a lot of money. So that we actually ended up recording twice because the second one, those were local. And this one, these, the, the last two that we did are national, which is really fun. That is so great. Yeah, it's a really, it's a super, super fun gig. I couldn't be happier about it. I mean, it's the last thing you expect when you're a kid and you're watching PBS and you see the old people very dryly telling you if you donate now, you'll get a tote bag. Yes. Which is a lot of what I do over there. <laughs> um, and kind of for somebody who likes, I mean, I like nothing more than talking about dicks and butts and boobs and show tunes. <laughs> So I didn't necessarily see I didn't necessarily see PBS coming down the pipe, but I'm very happy to be there. So do you also teach a lot when you're when you go out of town to do these things? And yeah, the, not when I travel for the for the weekends, but yeah, I teach a lot. Um, next week I'm going to Miami. I'll be teaching in three places there. Next weekend I'm going to Minneapolis to teach. Um, I do a lot of teaching with Nikki Snelson. Oh, all right. Um, bestie at large. So yeah, so I just uh, have a lot of contacts through these studios and it kind of tends to grow and it's, it's, I love working with kids. I'm crazy about kids and so, and teaching is kind of a great survival job. Yes, it is. I decided I don't want to diminish it. Yeah. But, you know, because I teach, I get to make web series and, and Broadway sessions and beach parties and... I completely... You know what I mean? Yes, I definitely do. That's, and do you create your own stuff when you teach? Do, you, do they like, yeah. give you an outline or you get to... Oh, yeah. I mean, I do, I do... I teach a cabaret performance class and I, I'm going down to teach for the Broadway Dreams Foundation in Atlanta in a couple of weeks. I'll be my first time with them, which... Ooh, I don't know what to expect. I'm excited. I'm scared. But that involves teaching and then also putting on a show and then we're supposed to be in the show. I don't know what I'll wear. <laughs> but I do. I choreograph, too. I choreograph. I do a lot of things, Brad. Which, that's what I think is amazing, because it's in I order to... a lot of, like, when sometimes when people ask me what I'm doing and what's going on, I don't even know if I can tell them, because it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Like, they're, like, I have this whole dance world life that has nothing to do with doing PBS things, or doing Broadway con, or doing this, or, you know, that they're all just kind of separated, yeah. and the only person who knows that they're ever even connected at all is me. And Broadway con, you're... Yeah. Broadway sessions, though. No. No. No, no, no. I'm the main stage host of BroadwayCon. Oh, so that's a whole different... That's host. a whole different thing. It's a whole other baby. Yeah, but that's amazing. That's been two of my, my favorite weekends, first, first and second years of BroadwayCon. Get up in front of 5,000 foaming at the mouth theater fans. Yes. And, and working frenzy. So this year I did, I hosted eight events on the main stage. I hosted the Cosplay Fashion Show, the talent competition. And I was also backstage with Playbill, interviewing the celebrities for Playbill for their live stream. And yeah, BroadwayCon is awesome. Oh, wow. I mean, here, this is crazy. I'm really famous at BroadwayCon. If anybody from there is listening, thank you very much. But like, I walk around there and people like see me and like start to cry. Or it's, it's hysterical. And like, there's this thing where you gotta take photos with, with the celebrities which I am not a celebrity. And I was like, oh my gosh, they really asked me to do the celebrity thing. Like, that, like they're booked an hour and people have to like buy tickets to like stand in line to have a picture taken with me. I was like, well, this is great. I'm just gonna have to know that this is like time for me to sit and contemplate and maybe do some meditation. And I walk into the thing and there's a line of people. It's crazy, probably kind of awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. So I'm back again next year for that. Yeah, and that's kind of that. I kind of lucked into that too. My friend David Alpert's the the programming director over there, and he asked me to come in the first year to host one event. That was the Blizzard year, 
So everybody got stranded and nobody could go see shows. And so there was this whole day, this Saturday, when every, they canceled Broadway shows. They had 5,000 people stuck at the Hilton who couldn't use their Broadway tickets and an empty ballroom. And so he called me the next morning. I was like, how soon can you get here? And they basically just threw me on stage for five hours. Oh, my just, gosh. And just threw Broadway stars at me and said, do something. Then I did. It's awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's, oh, that's so, that's so great. Well, you, you have such a great presence about you. I mean, no wonder you'd be a great host. You'll be doing the Oscars soon. Oh, well, maybe would, the Tonys. Maybe. The Tonys. I just want to get on the, red, on the Tony red carpet. Maybe, yes. Maybe this year. Yeah. Possibly. We're, we're working on it. Yeah. Well, of all this stuff that you've done, which has been an amazing career, do you have like something that stands out in your, in your head to be like, this was something I'm really proud of? Broadway sessions. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, I think that's our... Are we done? I think we're done. Oh my gosh, I wanted to rant about something else. Oh, we'll, go, we'll do it outside. Okay. So question for you. Do you... <laughs> this is the question that I forced you to ask me because, I, because here's why. Because I've been sitting around staring at my Facebook page wanting to comment on this topic for days and I keep stopping myself because I don't want to seem like an unhinged crazy person. But the more I think about it, the more I realize that I'm an unhinged crazy person. So I'm forcing you to ask me this question. All right. Do you miss performing? Okay, and the, and the reason you sent me these, probably background listeners, he sent me these questions and I looked at this one and it, it resonated with me really, really hard because I get asked that question all, all, all the time. People say, do you miss performing? Do you think you'll ever perform again? You know, even for example, the other day I wrote on my Facebook page about that I had gone to an audition. I went to an audition for they were looking for a ringmaster for the Big Apple Circus. Oh. It was an absolute nightmare. It was a, I'm not going to be the ringmaster of the Big Apple Circus. What I what struck me was that I got so many comments. Congratulations, break a This is so exciting. Because I said one word, audition. Right. I don't audition because I don't need to audition. Because I've created a world of entertainment that I that I put my heart and my soul into. And when the fact that people can't do, see it so narrowly that like that like the audition like the thought that I was auditioning for a musical mm -hmm. was what it's, it's, it's what people can wrap their brains around a little bit and I, so I saw that and I was like wow have that many people commented or liked when I post about any one of my many projects that I'm doing that I'm putting my heart and soul into that are, that are quality and worth it make people really happy that'd be amazing yeah but people are so caught caught up in that and so my my answer to that is but do I miss performing? I'm, I'm performing more than I ever have in my entire life. Which is the reason I yeah. oddly didn't ask you. Yeah, I, 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 I'm on stage everywhere you go all the time, doing what is most naturally, wonderfully fulfilling to me. And people, you know, I've even had people when they ask me, they, they ask me that with a bit of shame. You know, they're like, well, do you think you'll ever go back to auditioning or like, hmm. I'm like, but the things I'm doing aren't side pet projects. Yeah, exactly. This is my life and, yeah. it's, and it's good. And so I think what I want people to understand in that is when people are creating stuff, when people are making their own way, and I think that's a lot of what Broadway Backbone is about, when people are creating their own things, paving their own way, taking risks, saying it doesn't just have to be show up, sing 16 bars, wear your new tights and tan heels and do a double pirouette on the right and the left, and that's your life, and that makes you worth it because you're a Broadway watsi mm -hmm. yeah? When people have the audacity to make something new for themselves, click like, go see it, tell them you appreciate it, but go see it. Go see what they're doing. Tell them you're proud of them for doing it. 
because there's so much strength and goodness in that. And I think, like I was saying earlier with the B word, I think we get so wrapped up in our heads at large. Too much. About like, are we doing a Broadway show? That's the only thing that makes us valid. And I love Broadway more than anybody. If I could put Broadway up my butt and just write it all day, I would. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so that really, that kind of, I get that question a lot. And I, and I, and I sometimes it makes me go, do you miss performing? Yeah, because you, no. you're performing I don't more. miss performing. I'm, and you're performing as yourself is what you I'm said earlier. I'm performing as myself, and I'm, and I'm performing on, on bigger stages, reaching more people, and hopefully making more people happy and smile than I did when I was standing in the back underneath three hips and a curvy green hat, yeah. which is also really fucking wonderful. And I think, like I was saying, I can only get to enjoy this because I, ha I was blessed enough to have that. But I had that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's that's my answer to that. And I just got, I saw that you were that was on the question. I was like, this is something that I've been really toying with, even like writing a Facebook post about. Yeah. Um, yeah, but support people who are creating stuff. Support this podcast. Yeah, thank support you. Support my new podcast, the Broadway Show, coming out on Playbill. I think that's what's the most important thing is that just because another person says this is what makes you valid, this is the paycheck that you're getting from a Broadway show, isn't the be all end all. No. No, and it's, um, I mean, it's great. It's, it's wonderful, and, and, it's, and it's, it's certain the glue that ties us all together. But there is, there's lots of playing room on this field. Yeah. I wish people opened their minds to that a little bit more. Well, I think they definitely will after hearing you. Aha! So you, you will be the inspiration. The more you know. <laughs> ben Cameron went on a crazy rant. He wants us to like all of his statuses about his bullshit shows. <laughs> and that's right. That's exactly what I'm trying to say to you. Like my status. <laughs> know so, your, and know your status. And know your status. <laughs> oh my God. Did this take a turn? Please get tested and then like my status. <laughs> Please be responsible member of the community. You may be Get tested. <laughs> Hepatitis C is a real and it's not going anywhere. <laughs> and so it's probably session Thursday night. Oh, we have fun. Thursday night at Lori Beachman. At the Lori Beachman Theater. So if you could end this podcast with any song from your life, your career, uh, yeah, what would I, it be? I know exactly what to do. You do? Uh huh. Thank you for being a friend. That is great. Travel down the road and back again. Yeah. Done. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant and a vertebrae. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. I love you. Bye. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Ashamed to say, I hope it always will stay this way. My hat is off, won't you stand up and take a bow? And if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, well, you would see the biggest gift would be. Cadillac